0: Good morning. Good morning. And welcome to your business in digital. So excited that you decided to join us this Monday morning. Welcome guys. How's everyone doing today?
1: Good morning. Happy Monday. Morning. Morning.
2: morning. It's Monday.
0: Right. All right. Let's go. <laughs> Good morning, good morning, and welcome to your business in digital. I'm Tamara Monlouis, super excited to be here. And you know, your business in digital is that show where we really talk about how do you translate your business to digital. We bring together sales, finance, marketing, and operations to really have a solid con- conversation about your business in digital, because we understand sometimes it's really hard to translate. Sometimes it's hard to see those business goals achieved through digital. So that's the whole purpose of this show. We're super excited to always be here with you. So thank you so much for joining us. So I'm going to do a quick recap of the last show. In the last show, we talked about lead nurturing, right? Uh, We know a lot about lead generation. A lot of people talk about lead generation a lot, but people get really caught up in what is lead generation, lead nurturing, and how do you really nurture those leads, right? So lead nurturing is about building the relationships. It's taking that relationship to the next step, right? How do you get people from that place of becoming your, uh, you know, just finding out about you to really knowing and wanting to buy from you, right? Why is it important for your small business? business. It's important because building relationships is the way that you get people to actually want to purchase from you, right? They learn more about you. They learn more about what you do, how you can help them. So that's why it's really important. How does it work? It's a series of steps that you need to pull together, right? A series of steps that you do over and over and over once you get to that formula, right? Maybe you have an email, you're sending three emails, and then you're sending them to a landing page. It's a sequence of steps that you put together. And that gets people to a place of, again, getting to know you from that place of not knowing you to getting to know you. So that's how lead nurturing works. And the difference between nurturing for marketing and nurturing for sales, the differences are really nuanced. Uh, Nurturing for marketing is more, again, building that relationship, providing the right information. Sometimes it's all done automated. Uh, And through sales, it's more of a deeper relationship building conversation, getting to know exactly to to the heart of the pain points. So the conversations are different, but they're definitely, they work really well together. And in nurturing, how do you continue to qualify a lead? You have to keep looking to see do these people meet my criteria, my target audience? Are they hitting all the marks that I identified when I was really pulling together my target audience? And then CRMs, we talked about CRMs. They are customer relationship management tools, and how do they make it easier? They help you to automate and they help you to get to see all the data all at once. So lead nurturing with a CRM, we're using HubSpot, we love it. Uh, there are a bunch of other tools out there, but this gets us to see the big picture. Where did they click? What did they do? Uh, We get to understand a little bit more about the customer so we can really put the right information in front of them. And how do you get started with your lead nurturing journey? You get started by, again, looking to really understand that target audience, looking to understand what are the clear call to actions in your sales funnel, right? We're going to talk about that today. Um, You want to understand what's the content they're looking at? What are they consuming? So really pull that information together, look at the targets, look at the content, and really pull together that sequence that allows them again to move to that place of just getting to know you to becoming your customer so that's a quick recap of last week's show i know i said a lot really quickly there so i'm gonna bring in the team to slow it down (laughs) guess who has some coffee this morning (laughs) how you doing guys so what are any any final thoughts on the show last week with lead nurturing
3: listen we seem to uh Bit of a Pandora's box with this topic last week. Um, Definitely, as you said, we are all accustomed to generating the leads. But then when it comes to nurturing those leads and finally converting them, that's where we realize a lot of people have issues. So this was a great topic to discuss last week. What do you all think?
1: Agreed, because it, it seems like we we when we speak about leads with our clients it seems like we see a glaze over eye look that comes across and I'm enjoying that we're walking into this space because we're helping to demystify and to make this area comfortable for our buying community for our our, our, our people because we cannot avoid it leads are part of us in, enjoying money at the uh, at the end of the cycle so we have to address it early and then continue to help walk them through the process.
2: You know, I love the topic because it was the, the now what conversation, right? So a lot of business owners, they know how to generate the leads. They're probably doing everything and they're getting the email addresses. But this was the now what conversation. What do I do with it? And how do I actually make money out of it, right? It's, it's, it's one thing to be able to pelt out a lead generation tool and get the get the addresses, get the likes, get the follows and whatnot. But then what are you doing with this afterwards to actually make money and bring money into your business?
0: Absolutely. I love that. Uh, so interesting conversation happened last week. Uh, I was in this training and we did this lead nurturing. We had this lead nurturing show on Wednesday. So I was in this training. I do these uh, three-hour trainings on a Thursday because I'm a part of this, this uh, group. It's It's exciting (laughs) really focused on digital in the caribbean and so um one of the trainers was actually talking about lead generation and one of the small businesses in the group put her she put her hand up or her virtual hand up and talked about the fact that lead nurturing is really where she found the main issue and that it was a struggle for her and it was hard to really understand what the steps were and it was so crazy well it wasn't crazy because i think everything we're doing here is so strategic that we literally we created the answer the day before for her so i you know i put my hand up and i was like hey we just created a video on that because and so it it tells us a few things number 1 it reinforces that the content we're creating is the right content <laughs> Um, and number two, uh, that uh, lead nurturing is really an issue that people may, they, there's not enough information there, right? It's very high level and it's focused on lead nurturing. So lead generation, uh, my apologies. So I think we really uh, uh, hit the nail on the head last week and I wanted to let you guys know that. So we're, all right, we're making some strides. <laughs> Content validating. That's validated. what we're
3: talking about. That's what we're Validate talking
0: about. <laughs> This is where we go beyond the light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? I'm feeling left out. I'm feeling left out. I know I'm in the
3: Caribbean,
0: no, but no. I, mean, I, could, I could rock uh, a hoodie too. Yeah. <laughs> you deserve a hoodie too. So people are shouting us out this morning. Good morning, Alex. Grand rising to you. Thanks for joining us this morning. <laughs> My niece popped in the chat. How are you? Thanks for joining us this morning as well. And of course you know, we got to tell you where to connect with us. So we want you to connect with us. It's so important that you connect with us. Connect with us. Tell more people about this show where we talk to small and medium businesses about how to better leverage digital, your business in digital. Connect with us on YouTube. Uh, connect with us on LinkedIn at your business and digital. Connect with us on Spotify. Uh, connect with us on Apple Music, on Google, and on Amazon. <laughs> the list gets longer. Just connect with us everywhere that you can find, everywhere that you can find Uh, Other shows, other podcasts. I think we're there now. I have a few more places. We have a few more places to add ourselves, but we are showing up in all the right places. So definitely connect with us on these platforms and channels. Um, And again, share with your other small business friends what we're doing here is really talking through the blueprint of what you should consider if you're looking to work with a marketing agency. Uh, These are all the things that the CFO needs to know, that the CMO needs to know, that the CEO needs to know. You do need to understand some of the key elements of digital in order to truly be able to move your business forward and really get to that place of achieving your business goals. So check us out in all these places. And of course, I want to do one last thing is ask you to take the quiz. Please, please take the quiz. Take the quiz, take the quiz scan this QR code. If you are on your phones, we will drop a link in the uh, comments. If you're on your phone, if you are on your computer, scan the QR code, take the quiz, test the effectiveness of your online presence, right? That's what we want to, we want you to do here. Understand where you stack up. Where are you right now? Do you have a strong online presence? Do you have a weak online presence? Do you have a medium online presence? Is your online presence driving your business goals? If it's not driving your business goals, then there's room for improvement and you should start by watching this show. (laughs) So definitely take the quiz, take the quiz. All right, guys. I have done. I've done. I've done all the <laughs> all the behind the scenes. What do they call it? I don't. I don't even want to like to call it the housekeeping. But these are the things that really matter, right? We these are the call to actions. We want people to take these steps. We want to move the needle because understanding while we're doing this show, we're also doing all the things that we're talking to you about. We're generating leads. We're nurturing the leads, and we're doing that through this show. This is the way that we're doing that. So this is how we're moving our businesses forward. So we always want to think of this as a little bit of. A test that we're running while we're giving you this information. So um, another comment. Good morning, Lyndon. Thanks for joining us. Yep, lead generation has become easier, but nurturing from lead to close is the main problem in the Caribbean, and he's seeing it more now. So um, Lyndon is awesome. He is our HubSpot expert in the Caribbean. We love, love Lyndon. we got to have him on this show to come talk CRM and nerd out with Michael and Andrea. Morning. Good
3: morning. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> all right, all right. So we're moving on because now it is time for our. Ta-da-da. I think we need some music. I'm like making up my own tunes. Our hot topics and our hot topics this week is brought to you by Ha Miss Andrea Raghu. So Andrea, I'm going to let you uh, steal the stage a little bit and talk a little bit about your hot topic. Go for it. All right, so.
2: The hot topic today is what is called the de-dollarization of the U.S. dollar. I'm sorry I couldn't find a jazzy name for it, right? But it is what it is, right? So if you haven't heard what's happening, um, there's currently an attempt by several countries to remove the United States dollar as what is called the intermediary currency. So for many decades since the end of World War, um, the U.S. economy, or the U.S. dollar, I should say, has been that um, dollar that all international transactions would be conducted against, right? as a singular currency that everybody else defaults to, right? So we wouldn't have, um, so it creates a stable place for trade to occur. That's, what's, that's what it is. What is happening now is that a lot of countries are trying to say, well, hey, I want to trade in my own currency. I'd like the ability to not have to stock up U.S. and I'd like to um, de-dollarize and move away from the US dollar and try to look at alternative currencies, whether it be their own or maybe another um, another currency. So what we've seen is that Brazil and China have officially reached an agreement. So they're going to start interacting with each each other in their own currency. And they're going to remove the US dollar from that from those trades. And these are two powerhouses within um, the worldwide economy. And other um, countries have decided to do the same. We see China already buying gas from the um, United Emirates in their currency. um, There's talk about, um, in Latin America, there's talk about Argentina and other countries wanting to come together. So what does all of this mean, right? So what is basically happening is that all these countries are basically saying, well, hey, I don't really want to operate with the US dollar. I don't really want to have my, Um, economy tagged to the U.S. dollar. But what does this mean for your small business? Because this is basically something that's happening in the world, right? It's basically a global situation. And you're probably sitting on saying, well, I'm just a small business owner. This really doesn't have anything to do with me, right? I don't um, have any relationship with a central bank. I'm just here operating in my little space. What does this mean? So in the immediate future, probably nothing, right? However, it is something that to pay attention to. It's making headway in all different countries. A lot of countries are talking about it. Um, So it's something that is trending in in the finance world that everybody's talking about. Um, If these moves are successful, the value of the US dollar could decline. So what you may see happening is that in the immediate future, you might see some inflation happening um, in maybe the United States. Inflation means rising costs. So if you're based in the United States, you may see an immediate impact um, in terms of that inflation, if you're U.S. dependent, like the Caribbean, where I am from, you know, we could see some impacts there in terms of rising costs for yourself. They'll be going to fall out for us as well, because here in the Caribbean, we're tied to the U.S. Our, um, we have tourism. We have, especially in my country, in Tobago, energy. We trade in energy. There are places next to us, like Guyana, they're also trading in energy. They have, they're having their boom right now, and everything is based on the U.S. dollar. So if something happens to this dollar in this big macro economy, you really have to prepare yourself for how does it filter back to you. So while it might be um, years away, right? It's, it's it's they're saying that it's not really ready to happen yet, but you have to be aware of it to figure out what is going to be your new relationship with the dollar. So for example, in here in the Caribbean, if everything is tied to our U.S. dollar, to the U.S. dollar then that U.S. dollar account that most business owners have as their secondary reserve because they're trying to buy supplies, et cetera, that may not be as desirable anymore, right? Most here, especially in the Caribbean, we're having a U.S. dollar. U.S. dollar is like like almost the equivalent of prime real estate. Everybody's trying to get U.S. and hold on to U.S. Um, Business owners are crying for U.S. when they have to pay for their supplies. So if gradually more and more countries move away, especially China and the powerhouses that we buy from, if they start to pull away from using the dollar and start to open up trade to saying, well, hey, let's use, let's talk in your currency or let's talk in another currency, then that big U, that, that U.S. dollar account that business owners are trying to, to save for may not, may not be as desirable, right? So- Overall, what it is important to note is that though what I just described is not going to happen overnight, um, because of globalization and how connected economies are, we really shouldn't turn a blind eye to it, right? Be aware of what is happening, you know, pay attention to the conversations. So we may be far removed from it right now as a small business owner, but it could hit home for you if your supplier that is based in China that you're probably buying your raw materials from decides to say well I am no longer accepting the US dollar because my country has opened up for trade and has said that we could only use our you know our currency where would you be right so especially for businesses that rely on um foreign supplies coming in or have have foreign relations you need to see how that impacts you if you know, and it could even filter down even into things like subscriptions. Suppose you're subscribing to some sort of app that's based, that's not based in the United States, and next thing you know, you're, you're actually being charged not through the U.S. dollar, but you're being charged through their local currency. What might that do for you? So it's a it's a ways off. It's it's a, it's um some time before all of this could come to fruition. But the talk is there. The talk is there. All the different economies are talking about it. You know, from what I could see, it's like no longer whispers in the corridor. It's like we're having sit downs and people are, you know, and of course, we're not going to get into the politics of it, you know, but it's something that you need as a small business owner. Just pay attention to it. Something that's happening. This is a prime example of being aware of what is happening in your macro world and how it fits into how it could eventually filter into your micro business world.
0: That's it. That's a really great hot topic. That is that one is so important and I love that you talk about the fact that we should be paying attention to the economics because our businesses are tied to the economics. Our businesses are tied to the U.S. economics, but then those, the, the international, what's happening internationally also matters. Um, so I think that's a great focus. If you're a small business, you should be looking and listening to these conversations. And you know what, just to let you know, we're having these conversations here in your business in digital. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> and Let me tell you, Andre made my head hurt when, when, when I saw the topic, I was like, oh, as if we didn't have enough to think about as businesses, right? So there's interest rate, there's the banking system, exactly. and now we're throwing this, this into the mix, right? And even though you're saying, you know, it's, it might be a ways off, we have no way of seeing like when it might happen or if it's really going to happen. Just to reinforce that point, think of some of your digital infrastructure, the payment systems that you're using, how you're connected to your bank, all of these things get affected and have to change over time, right? So, and you made the the very good point that we source a lot of stuff from China, right? So, you know, what happens there when that shifts your whole cost of doing business, right? And how is that? And then we know what happens, right? It's passed through to the the consumer. So keep an eye on it. But it definitely oh, may be no. like, oh, another thing again I, in the financial world. Know. Like, what more can what more can we get again? Than What's next, right? What's next? Correct, correct. But yes, really put in a hot topic this morning. Thank you much, Andrea. Michelle. Michelle looked
2: like she was right to say something. Yeah, I am, uh, I I
1: have strong opinions about this one. And not just because I'm in the U.S. I think you're right. It is, we need to, as just individuals, pay great attention to what's happening globally. Because if COVID didn't tell you you needed to, (laughs) I I just don't know what else can. I think it is imperative that we understand its trickle effect to everything that we do and how our, our businesses can especially from from our area when there's an economic you know cold we have pneumonia right because it affects us as small business owners so much greater than you know the big houses that we. We, we tend to, to look at and they're looking at it and so should we. I think one of the other things that we, we need to also look at as we are delving into it is to be very mindful of and educating ourselves on where this information is coming from and and what may be the reasons why these things are happening and not just look at the surface information. And 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 I think we need to get into that and go back look at that information and understand what the drivers were behind that and who is making any of those decisions in any realm. At this point, it is what we're saying, I think it was in that article, uh, Russia, Brazil, China, Africa are combining together and saying they're going to to have and, and move away from the U.S. dollar. I would also say go back and look at the means and the reasons behind that. And understand and, and who are the the alliances and where that may go. And you're right, there's opportunity for for change. We source a lot from China, but there's other reasons behind that. And I'm not going to get into the politics of it, but but pay attention to that and pay attention to the alliances. Be mindful, and I think it's a wake up call for all of us. Like you said, to step take a step back and understand what our exposure is and how do we handle that and protect our environment in the long run. But
3: I. Definitely Absolutely. have a conversation Absolutely.
2: with you about it. Absolutely. And I thing, we, we don't, I mean, there's political stuff behind it, right? We all know that, right? That's the elephant in the room, right? But what this means is, remember, we have no control over those decisions, really. So you, but, but that does not mean you go like a, a ostrich head in the sand and not care about it. So these people are making decisions for your economy. What does it mean for you? So may not like it, may not support it, um, hell, you may not even understand it, you know, but you have to learn what does it mean for your business? What is the fallout that's going to happen and what could possibly be the ramifications for, for your business? And is it something now? Is it something medium is it something long term? Um, from all what I read, there's no really time frame. There's so there are different opinions. And some people are saying, well, it's not going to happen for a while. And then others are saying, well, the conversations are happening, the, you know. They, they, but sorry, they're doing more than conversing at this point, right? They're, they're signing deals. You know, transactions are already happening. So it's it's really a, a wait and see. But at the same time, just be aware. There's a level of awareness that you have to have as a business owner to say, hey, you know, what does this really mean for me? Am I going to have to start sourcing another currency for my, for my items? It's something that you have to think about.
0: Oh man, well that was <laughs> that was a hot topic. <laughs> if I do say so myself, I felt the heat in here. I was like, my hoodie might be a little bit too. <laughs> I'm sweating in my hoodie. <laughs> I'm sweating in hoodie. my hoodie. But that's all right. That's how we. That's how we go beyond the lights, right? Those economic conversations are so important, though, and the implications and. I think my last the last thing I, I thought about was, you know, payment gateways. And this is with a tool like Stripe comes in, right? Because Stripe does it in all currencies. So, you know, if you're starting to think in more practical terms, where do I need to, you know, how do I need to collect money? How do I need to so consider tools like that that may work across different countries, collect different currencies, um, and and start looking at those things. So, but I think great conversation. We'd definitely love to hear more and stay on the forefront of it. So, all right. All right. The hot topic was hot, 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 but it's time for us to, you know, what we do. We want to go beyond the likes. <laughs> we want to go beyond the likes this morning. We just happen to have t-shirts. We just happen to have hoodies that say that as well. Not intentional by any means. So those of you on the podcast, <laughs> we actually have a little banner up and we also have, Michael and I have an Argo Beyond the Likes t-shirt. So want to make sure you guys are in on the joke as well. So, all right. our go Beyond the Likes topic today is, yay! Andrea and it's not Andrea it's mastering the sales funnel build a sales funnel so, because you know what, what we're doing is uh, we're showcasing each one of our team members or each one of us on the team here and making sure that we show up as some of the banners because this is what we're going to actually use for YouTube later on. So, it's a whole thing, Andrew. It's all part of a strategy. So, uh, your picture is here today. Sometimes we use stock images, but we also want to throw in the real people, you know, no AI just yet. <laughs> all right. So, uh, Mastering the Sales Funnel and I think this is going to be an interesting, interesting conversation today because there are so many pieces of this, right? So firstly, we hear about sales funnel, all, sales funnels all the time. I mean, I talk to clients and they're always telling me about their sales funnel. Um, and many times I don't know that people actually know what it's supposed to do, or they work on really the top of that funnel. So let's go with a definition and Michelle, I'm going to let you kick this off with the sales funnel definition and what is a sales funnel? And we can all chime in and add to this, but this is, this is one of the things that you hear it all the time. I need a sales funnel, my sales funnel, my sales funnel, but Let's define it. What the hell is a sales funnel?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So you're right. I think it is this thing that we need to demystify and we make it this big, big giant of a thing when it actually is something that is really simplistic. It is really it's a visual representation of those stages throughout the course of your relationship with with your potential customer and their journey towards them making that purchase. What we want to understand, is it's a guide. You want to take their hand, and it's you walking them through all of the stages and get them to a place where they're going to convert and say yes to you and become a paying uh, client and an advocate for your business.
0: I love that. Oh, um, um, so like we're echoing, okay. So it's the series of steps that you're taking to become a paying customer. I love that simple, simple explanation of it. It makes it easier for folks because again, a lot of times the sales funnel is really the thing that people get really caught up in. So I'm going to move into point number two. Let's talk through the stages of the funnel, right? And the stages of the funnel, um, they are the points of, It was awareness, consideration, um, then them making the purchase, right? That's how we kind of break it down, decision-making and then them making the purchase. But really, if we simplify it, we think of it as getting to know you, uh, getting to know you a little bit more. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Getting to understand how you can help me (laughs) as a customer, Uh, getting to understand, can you really do this, (laughs) right? It's more and more as you're going through the customer phase, put on your customer hat as you're thinking through the stages, and you're really going through that place of can this person help me, or do they have the tools, have they helped anybody before? Those are really the stages till they get to make the purchase. So the stages of the sales funnel, definitely a little bit more technical, and Michelle has a presentation, so she'll go through that, but we want to simplify things, right? right? It's that place of getting to know you more and more through your content, because that's what they're going to see is your content. So um, those are some of the stages of the sales funnel. So Dana, a perfect explanation of the sales funnel. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for joining us this morning, Dana. All right. So next question, what is a digitally assisted sales funnel? So Uh, Let's jump into this one a little bit. This one is a little bit different, right? A digitally assisted sales funnel is one of those funnels that moves through that process, really, your, your online presence, right? All the steps and places in your online presence is where that digitally assisted sales funnel comes in. Where are the areas in your online presence that you, your you're moving people through that, that journey, that customer journey to get to that same place of being able to buy from you. Right. Um, Michael and Michelle, does anyone want to add anything to that?
3: I think you, you hit the word, the term right there, customer journey. So I know we're going to be using that a lot this morning as well as sales funnel, because it's really sales funnel is looking at it from that business side, right. From our perspective. And customer journey is, of course, looking at it from the customer perspective, but it represents the same thing. Where are they at and what are you going to serve up along the way that leads to them saying, yes, this is the solution I do want to buy.
1: It is. It's something that you are, it's the call and response, I say this pretty much every one of our, 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 our sessions, when they, they click into a place, they're, they are showing a specific intent. So you are then responding by delivering specific information and moving them to different areas of your website. So it, it could be they've clicked on and they wanted to, that you, you served up something that said buy this. And you then, they click on it, and you are taking them and grabbing their hand and moving them to the next phase. They want to ask a question. We'll get, get into those stages in, in a moment, but it's literally the same kind of journey that you would have if you have an in-person uh, service type of conversation, but instead you're doing this digitally, which is actually a little easier to get done, believe it or not.
0: 100%. Oh my goodness. So, all right. So we are we're we're going to run through these top 7 and then Michelle, we're going to jump into your presentation because I think that's going to bring everything home for us, right? I love that we have a presentation today. It's always a fun part. All right. So, how to manage and optimize your sales funnel successfully. This one is easy, right? We talk about this here all the time. How do you do it? You do it through looking at the data. The sales funnel is really this thing, all these series of steps, there's a KPI associated with each step and what you need to do is understand what that KPI is and start really measuring to see hey is this working so for instance if you have a sales funnel and you know that someone is coming in through your sales funnel and you're running ads for instance if you're running ads and you have a landing page that they're coming on coming to from the ad what you want to look at is that click-through rate. Are they clicking to come through to the landing page? If they're not clicking to come through the landing page, you know that the issue is probably with the ad that you have at first, right? Maybe they're not engaged. Maybe it's not attracting enough. So you need to solve for that, fix that problem, and then move on, right? Then maybe you get the ad really optimized, working while people are clicking on it. They're moving to the landing page. Are they taking the next step that you want them to take, maybe to sign up? If they're not, then you have to solve for it. So optimizing and looking at the data points is where you really have to get to to see if that sales funnel is working for you and to make it really successful. Use data, use data, use data. Um, Any thoughts on that, guys?
3: Listen, your sales funnel, I love this point because it's it's not a one and done. Like a lot of the things that, that come to the table that we talk about They're treated as a one-and-done. I've set up a sales funnel and I've walked away. So I'm hoping that, oh, well, this is supposed to work. But your sales funnel, you're constantly measuring what's getting people to the next step. And if it's not getting them to the next step, just as you said, you have to solve for each part of the journey, right? And you want to make sure that you're looking at this constantly, consistently, and making optimizations to suit what you're seeing, what behavior you're seeing from the customer.
1: You are so right, Michael. It is not a set it and forget it type of thing. It is it is an ever evolving fluid type of situation that you have to pay attention to. And you may find based upon the changing, the seasonality of your business, the type of services and products that you're, you're offering up that you may need to modify and move things along a little faster or slow it down So that you can do something a little different for them to know I can trust you. You There are different areas of that journey. You may have to take them through and it has to be modified periodically. So don't set it and forget it. That's a big mistake.
2: You know, I, I hear optimize and for me, optimize equals money. Optimize means I'm doing something to get me closer to money in the bank. So if managed properly and if optimized properly, at the end of the day, I should be seeing money back. And that's, you know, that's an important part. At the end of the day, that's that's that, that's your end goal at the end of the day. Right. So, so that those dollars in the bank, you want to make sure that it's there. So um, definitely, you know, when well done well, you know, this point is really important. <clears throat>
0: So this one is, (laughs) this is a funny question. (laughs) How successful are sales funnels? Now, uh, a sales funnel can be as effective as you make it. It could be effective or it could not be effective, right? It's really back to the optimization pieces. You got to test it out. You have to really continue to test, right? It is not stagnant as we talked about before. And you got to make sure that it's working for you. So if you pull together a sales funnel and it's not working, work on optimizing it and making it successful. They can be successful. They should be successful. Every business should have a sales funnel. So it's not something that we're saying, if it's not successful, don't have one. You need a sales funnel. So you need to make sure that what are the steps that I want people to take? Are they taking those steps? Does my target audience even take this step? Or are they taking another step that I didn't consider? Because that's the other thing with a sales funnel that we're sometimes not prepared for. (laughs) I like to call our customers wildcards for a reason. (laughs) Because sometimes they teach us something about what they actually want in that sales funnel. And sometimes as businesses, we're kind of like, these were the steps I wanted them to take. But this is where the data comes in to say, oh, these are the steps I wanted them to take. But for some strange reason, they spent maybe two more minutes on this page looking at this one thing. What drew them there? And they didn't give me their email address, but they took this step. What drew them there? And so now I have to look to see, should I add this into my sales funnel? Because it's a great point of engagement for them. And maybe I need two or three more steps of building the relationship. Because sometimes where we suffer as businesses is we want to move it to I buy from me right now, the wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, sometimes the relationship building takes a long time. Sometimes it is the seven to 10 to 20 touch points, because where are you just spending your money just like that upon meeting someone? And then the price point is also important as well. If it's not a $20 or a $5 spend, sometimes it takes a little bit more time. So we have to be realistic for our sales funnels to be successful. And to make our sales funnels successful, we must optimize, right? So um, anyone want to add anything to that? I know I said a lot there, a little bit of a soapbox. No,
3: I just wanted to add just one thing to that, that they are as successful as the data that has gone into helping design them. And going back to what you said, As much as you manage them and consistently optimize them, that's how that will determine how successful it is.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. I think it's also
1: from a sales perspective, understanding that you are meeting the need and and nurturing the relationship where they are entering and where meeting them at their point of entry and answering the question. Not where we want them to be but where they're coming in we have and if you think of all of us when we're we are doing something our knowledge level may be great so we're walking into the sale of that item that we want to purchase at 0.6 like you said six of ten but then others of us are like i have an idea i, I might want that but i don't know much about it so they're at one where we're not only educating, we're we're having to get them to know, like, and trust us. So you have to be very mindful and intentional of that conversation that you're having with them at their point of entry at where they are in the sales cycle as well. So both components are really important.
0: I love that you because I think we also have to think about the fact that if they're at the top of the funnel, there are other people hanging, other businesses hanging out there. There are other businesses that they're talking to as well. Don't assume that someone is just in your funnel. That's just so brazen of you. (laughs) As consumers, we check out three or four things at one point in time. So what are the points of entry is important. Is it at the top of the funnel? Is it point number one? Is it point number six? And then what are the points that they exit? Because that could be an important catch for you as well. If they're exiting, more people are exiting at a certain point of your sales funnel. So Michelle, I'm sure you'll talk a little bit about that exiting at some point in time but consider it when people walk into the sales funnel i like to visualize a mall um so people are walking into the mall a marketplace you know uh, they walk into the marketplace there are a lot of vendors there and everyone is like i actually like to go right back to my trinity roots and think about the the, the market in trinidad where they're like everyone's like hey me 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 you know what i mean one dollar a pound this that the other they're trying to get your attention And so that's your customer in a space where all these people are like, try this perfume, do this, do this. And then they get to a place where they're like, okay, cool. These three people are interesting to me. Let me start talking to them. Oh, these two people are I feel really good about them. Let me start this. These two businesses, let me start entering their funnel, I walk into their store, I see, oh, okay, the vibe here is good. So there's always a competitor at some point in time, and probably at the middle of your funnel is where they start making the choice, right? And possibly lower down the funnel. So don't assume your funnel is the only funnel. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, and think about your own buying behavior. I go back to this all the time when I'm speaking with my clients. In that, it, it, you know, when we're all on the Google machine, on the Google machine, as we like to say, and we're 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 searching for, you, you know, pick a, you know, I'm sorry, gray hoodies that <laughs> with, you know, go beyond the likes on it. So we're we're googling that, and there's a bunch of the system. Then we call we we put in a call, they respond by giving us a number of choices. How many times have we clicked on one, looked at it, and then hit back and went back to the next option? Look, and that's exactly what Tamara's saying. And that there are other people vying for one person's attention. And what are you doing to capture that person's attention early and answering their calls so they remain on your site for a longer period of time? So they're less inclined to hit back, go to someone else, because you're answering everything that they need at every stage of that relationship as you're moving down you know, farther down that funnel.
0: So, yeah. Get your love. gray hoodie with go beyond
1: the likes on it, by the way.
2: You know, I, I loved I loved the analogy and it really was very, you know, business oriented, but I just had to stick in there. I'm listening to sales funnels and I feel like it's just dating. I feel like, you know, you're courting your customer and there's always people, until you put a ring on it, until, until you take those steps, there's always somebody outside looking at. But I just had to say, I just feel like this is dating and I just feel like, you know, business owners just need to court their customers better. Oh, Andrea, oh, that, let me tell you,
1: that is actually something that I say that I, we get to the point where now it's time to marry me. We have gone through all of this already. We have done the courtship thing. Now it's time for you to marry me, marry me, spend that money. Commit, so, to, yeah. commit to me. <laughs> well,
0: why are we Why are we calling it the sales funnel and not the dating funnel? <laughs> the dating funnel, I exactly. The I customer so. dating funnel. <laughs> so we have now dubbed it the customer dating funnel. And yes, I think so. I think
1: so. I think if you get it that way,
0: life. a lot of people will get it. Mm-hmm. Right, the customer. Well, some people may get it. Some people may not get it, depending on how they date. Right. <laughs> So So they, if they're, (laughs) you know, anyway, that's a whole other show, (laughs) but to the dating funnel. All right. So, um, so can building a sales funnel instead of a website uh, for a business, can that be a better choice? And let's kind of do some quick breakdowns here, right? To uh, if you have a website, e- even with having your website, you should consider a place for a sales funnel, right? The, the, there's a little bit of technical talk here in this question. Um, there's a tool called, that you can build a sales funnel, which is a landing page that's a little bit more direct to where you want people to go. It's very specific, doesn't have any navigation on it. So it's set up in a way where exactly what you say, it answers the questions and it moves people through that process. Now, assuming that your website has more information, maybe it has your homepage, your services page, areas for distraction to move people off of the funnel. That's what this is really about. Right. So um, you can still have a website that has a clear sales funnel, because you can create landing pages, you can do things to really set that funnel up in a way through your website, making sure that you're landing people on a specific page, and that there's not too much information for them to move around. So you can have both. Um, The sales funnel tool, again, is a little bit more direct, but it's also important that you have a website. If you have a website, you want to be in a space where you've thought through the sales funnel for that website, and making sure the journey is really a place that they cannot move away from uh, is important, but keeping in mind that sometimes people want more information and they may want other things. So while I understand the value of having that direct flow, sometimes people may ask other questions and they may want to browse a little bit more. So I think they're both really viable options. It's really thinking through the steps and looking to see the areas that you need to optimize. Anyone anyone want to add anything on the technical
3: side of that? They're like, no, we're good. <laughs> no, actually, I, I wanted to go back to you asking me this question two years ago. Like, if I didn't have a website, what would I do digitally? And I said, landing pages. Like, that was my instant answer. And you're like, oh, interesting. And it allows you to, as you said, hone in on a specific line of attack, let's say, to draw those customers in. If you're using your website as a sales funnel primarily, then it requires, as you said, it needs some more supporting information. So you have to be very deliberate about what goes on that page. And then you're catering for the different types of users. So those that scan, those that read in detail. So you'd have to have everything on that one page where it becomes as a story that, as you said, we're dating. So I'm going further and further down. And then I have a specific call to action that leads me to the next step. So you have to be very clear about what are the steps that you're moving that customer through as far as that sales funnel. But I was a big fan of this as part of, you know, honing in a website, not getting lost in the, oh, my website needs this and it needs to have this page on that page. And it's just a succinct line of attack that says, hey, I'm just going for the kill. Here's everything you need to know about me, my product, reviews, et cetera, samples, whatever, buy now. And that's yeah. it.
1: It, no, no. It's, it's really important to stay on that line too, if especially if you are one doing a couple of things one, promoting something specific, and you want them to to remain in that line. So if it is, uh, uh, I'll go back to Trudy and one one of uh, one of the people that we've had in the in this room in the space with us before. There's a a specific thing that they are pushing a, a specific box you know, the birthday box or whatever that is, then why would you then allow a client to then move on to something else new and shiny that you have available? That is the intent. Give them the information and keep the tunnel vision in that space and focus on everything that that they may need to know for that specific thing. The path of least resistance. A direct line is the, the easiest place from point A to point B is the direct line and that's where you want to keep them. The, the more steps you take a client on, that's the less likely that they are not going to purchase. So you have to keep them engaged, answer their questions directly and get them to the point of yes. Do not distract them with some, some shiny object to move them along. That is, and that's a really good reason to have a landing page. If, uh, you know, you, we found, you know, the, the gray hoodie with Go Beyond the likes on it, we're not also going to put up the mug at the same time, you know, that has, you know, your virtual CFO on it come on you know we might serve it up after you've made the purchase to have an upsell but not when we know they want that hoodie directly because they've called us we've responded to them with the information that they were seeking not additional information at that time at the point of later once they've said yes but not on the front end when they're still doing the discovery
0: Oh, super valid point, I love that. All right, so final point, and then we jump into the presentation. What is the main objective of a sales funnel management, right? And Michelle, I'm gonna kick that back over to you. What is the main objective of managing that sales funnel? Um, are you muted? You're muted. Uh, yes, let's see. let me come back off of mute.
3: Well,
1: you know, what we want to do is we need structure. And this is an, a, a guide and infrastructure that will help you to, again, Grab that that client's hand, your GPS that gives you direction throughout that sales process from the moment that they enter your world and to the point of conversion and beyond because we want to retain them and keep them in. But this is an infrastructure that allows you to stay on point and to keep them on course and to get to that point of sale in the most efficient manner at the least cost to you as well. So you want you to uh, your, your, your clients to not only have that infrastructure, but to go back to something Michael said, we want to also have that ability to understand and track what the movements are so that we may be able to understand how we, uh, through the analysis, how we can fine tune what we are doing to make sure that we are, are, are retaining that client and then serving up to them what they want so they can be a loyal customer that's an advocate for you in the long run when we have all of those pieces together when we're really effective with it it allows us to remain in business it allows us to remain really competitive and our marketing efforts will pay off when we are honing in on a solid structure.
0: love oh. that thank you so much michelle i am going to we're gonna jump into your presentation now so let's go
1: it is so One of the things that we we discuss here all the time is something that I've I've spoken to uh, in this room is that we we speak a lot of What that process is and it is a journey, it is really a journey of how you're taking your client through the process and mapping who you are. Aligning with what your business is about to your branding and how do we make that you know in in our, our day and age i'm calling the cash register, so you can see how old I am. Where we have a little cash register, so that it constantly rings and rings and rings and that you're bringing money into your business. If we move on to the next phase, what we we talk about is uh, keep going. Let's go through three more. Let's move forward a little bit. And here what we know we, we, one more. Let's go through one more that Um, This is one of the key messages that I think is really important that we understand is that when we are are setting through some things, you are in getting into a relationship with your client, as Seth Gooden says, that we're setting expectations, the memories and the stories and your relationships together, and that will help to uh, bring into account your consumer's decision and choosing your product or service over someone else.
2: So that is the beginning of Oops.
1: We lost you for a minute, Tamara. Can you move to the next slide? We looked at it. So what we're going to speak into here is what that journey is and how everything that we speak about, about your brand and who you are, helps to move that client through from a a discovery stage on to uh, understanding that point of yes and them being an advocate for your business. So, if we move on, what we're talking about is in this sales journey, we are taking them through the route for your brand and that sales conversion is going to bring them to the final destination, which is your yes, if you can move on to the next. One of the things that I find that's really important is that that if we are not planning, and we just spoke about this earlier, what is really important for us is to plan and be intentional for that, for your client and when they come through. But if that is not planned, what we're doing is. Setting the customer for a course of chaos, where they're going to eat, uh, end up with a lot of dead ends. They're going to be quite confused and not understand not only what your brand is about and what you're offering, but what in the world, how in the world are you meeting the need that they have when they clicked onto your website or began to engage with you? So what ends up happening is you'll you'll learn through the analysis your the engagement is going to be really low. Your conversions are going to be you know on the floor because. They're not understanding what they need to buy from you. And you end up with a lot of lost revenue opportunity because there is no true game plan for your business. You're just on a feeling strategy. And we know what we talked about a couple of times ago about that feeling strategy. So if you can go to the next one. So this is a a set of uh, a road. And there's some ups and downs with the road that we're going through, but there are essentially five, maybe six steps that I believe we go through in that journey to sales and for yes. And we start with five specific things. We start with awareness, getting them to understand the business, researching phase, um, them shopping, as, as Tamara said earlier, them buying your product, and then becoming an advocate for your business and rebuying as uh, we go through the selling and the sales continuum. So now in stage one, that is the awareness. Like Tamara said, that we're at the top of the funnel where everyone, they're just looking. So they're Googling for that, that you know gray hoodie with um, a saying in the middle of, of the shirt and we're identifying their pain and they're getting to know you. So we want them to understand and, and meet their pain. So they're telling us what their pain is in the awareness stage. So in, in this area, there's a couple of key things that you have to, to understand They are uh, in this area. They have a problem um, for a product or service need that you're trying to help identify uh, their symptoms and what their pain is and how deep is that pain. Are they in enough pain that they're going to buy or have a need that's strong enough that they're willing to act on that? So in the search phase, there's a couple of things that they, they are encountering. They might not know what their real problem is or what their real ask is. They just have an idea that they want that gray hoodie. Um, they may not know that you exist. So this is your opportunity for them to be in your, their, your line of vision. So to be on the shelf where they can see you to, to begin to know you, not by you yet, but to understand that you're out there. And that you're you're providing some information for there to be something that's a soft recognition for them to say, oh, I kind of remember this. This feels a bit familiar to me. And you're providing some information that gets them to lean in a bit further. So This is where you and what you're, you're beginning to say about your company, your brand comes into the table. You know you're introducing yourself. You're allowing them to understand the story and in, in a point of connection, something familiar, but so that they want to lean in a little bit further and click a little bit more into your into your website. Now, stage two, this is where we get in a little bit more where we're giving some information, they know a little bit more and they want to find more things that helps them to resolve that pain they're in and for them to identify a place of purchase. So this is where we get into the know, like, trust factor. We talk about this all the time, and that in order for them to to uh, for a client to move forward with you, they've got to understand a bit more about your business. So we've got to get them to know you a bit more, like what you're saying and believe in what you're what you're offering, and that's where that trust factor comes in. If you move on in this stage, in the knowing part, this is where you begin to say a little bit about you and who you are. In this day and age, people are not just buying. They want to deal with a company that kind of mirrors their beliefs and their intent and spend their money in a a specific way and where they're going to invest it. So that's where you're delivering your mission what your values are for your company, and be consistently visible in those spaces, pushing that information over to your buying community. In the like factor, you're going to help to build trust. You're going to inspire, you're going to share your values and something that in common because people want to be able to connect and, and show and understand that you understand who they are as they're looking to invest in your company. And that trust, you know, I'm not just going to give my money to anybody, so they need to understand that you're a solid business, that uh, the reviews are there, that social proofing that we're looking for. So they're looking for uh, some identification of what you've done in the past so that they can trust you in the future with their money and their business in many instances. So that's where uh, when we all look at something for a review, think about this, we are trusting strangers to tell us that a business is valid. So we're looking for them to to provide a review or that five-star rating or that picture of someone in that gray hoodie that looks like me, so that they're able to move the business forward. So if I have that visual, I see someone else purchase purchasing. They have co signed and said, "Oh yes, that that is correct. That did fit true to size." Then that helps them to move forward, and that's going to dictate what what I call the perceived value of the price that you're putting forward. They begin to believe in you, and then you you have that statement of intent. So this this phase is really important for your business. That you dedicate time and that you're quite intentional in putting this information forward because that also helps to take out the debate on whether or not you are worthy of the price that you are putting out there. So this is this is key. This is a key component. Now the shopping phase. This is a place that we have to become really comfortable in understanding that It's hard. (laughs) The the, the shopping phase is not an easy place to get through. If you don't mind moving to the next slide, Tamara. One of the things that we we have here is that a statistic. We, and I'm not just gonna say people, we, because we're shopping as well, we'll shop seven to 10 places before we, uh, do seven to 10 things before we will actually lean in and move towards buying a, a product. And I said move towards because that's simply putting it in the shopping cart that doesn't mean that we're, we're cooking buy right away we're just minimally putting it in the shopping cart, so this phase where we're in the shopping per, per place we need to really lean in a bit and say, um, build that bond because they're looking for something familiar. Put that purpose forward, as I said before. So whom do you serve and what are you putting out there and what's that value for your price and proposition? You've got to put forward what we call, and my business name is Lanya, which are something extra that's setting you apart from the crowd so that they can stay on your site and not move forward and actually not just put the, the 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 thing in the card, but also to pay and, and buy that that gray hoodie with beyond the likes on it. All right, go ahead and move forward to the next one and so here again um identifying that memory recall what's your story what's the mission are we aligned uh it helps to in the value prop reduce your buying deliberation because you've served up to them everything that they need to make the decision so it it, you have accuracy in your messaging and that price again big thing for us to to get what you 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 deserve For what you are seeing that your product is valued as, if you are giving the information and serving it up the way that your clients receive that information, that's going to reduce the buying deliberation and it will prevent them from going to someone else's site and shopping. They're going to move forward with you. And then to get through the, the last two, these are the big ones. They are, they're saying, yes, they are signing that contract. They're marrying you. They're entering into a solid relationship with you. And they're moving forward by investing their money into your business. If you go on to the next slide, there are a couple of things that we're... We, that helps you to get to this place earlier and more often is when you're you're giving your land up you're something extra show your competitive differences highlighting that extra piece that you're giving that the the competition isn't or the extra piece that will make them say yes to you you're going to eliminate the detours because what, one of the things that we spoke about earlier in talking about the differences in maybe the landing page versus a website, when we are all driving somewhere, we encounter a, a component where we might have to veer off going through our straight road and have to veer off and go and take a detour somewhere else. Well, if we are, are presenting the information well enough and anticipating the questions that will be asked and answering the unasked questions, that's going to help to keep people aligned and on the straight and narrow and filter out the crazy noise so that they may may purchase. And if we are are, are getting better and optimizing this well, that's actually going to help to increase your sales value because you're you're going to get yield a premium price. The repurchase intent is going to be much higher. And if in service areas, you may be able to yield a stronger length in your contracts because you're answering their call in the manner they need to receive the information. And Jonas Sachs has said that well. You know, your brand story, it helps unfold all of your customer touch points, and it is part of your sales process. And now we're into the part that I really, really love, the sales continuum. It is a rebuy in an advocacy place that we want them to be. We start at the the buying phase. We want them to also recommend. So those are your reviews and and those call to actions, your social proofing that you have there, and then also have them rebuy. What is the upsell that you have for them? What is them to to repurchase and to be on the auto pay for them to to continue to just auto renew with you? The selling just does not stop once they buy. That's the biggest component, actually, where you need to lean in a bit more and and not just thank them for the business, but remain engaged so they can continue to recommend you and rebuy from you. The cost or a client is much less that 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 acquisition cost reduces greatly once they've purchased from you once. You've already received them. Lean into it a bit more and it's a bit more efficient for you. I think we are at the end.
0: Oh my gosh. I love this presentation, Michelle. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for it. Right. I so I think, you know, just a quick recap. It's business. To really think through these steps right I think it's important as a small business owner medium-sized business owner right if you're an SMB you have to really think through what does my funnel look like what do I want at the end how am I achieving my business goal even if you're working especially if you're working with an agency you still need to understand these things you don't need to build your funnel but you need to understand okay where are we starting how are they getting to know me uh, what are the things that I say now that that when people get get to know me for the first time. What are those things that I'm saying? How could I say that online, right? What is that place in the middle that they get to build that relationship with me? Because you already do this offline. So you're taking those steps and putting them into a sales funnel. So there's some things that you need to understand as the business owner, as the CFO, the CMO. There are things you really need to understand before someone can build you a sales funnel, right? because they can't build you a sales funnel without the information that you have, Your that information that's locked away in your brain. Your blueprint needs to be connected with the funnel that anyone builds you, right? So I think that's the important piece of this pie that you must really consider. Uh, so, all in all, I love the self. The sales funnels conversation i think we can continue to have this conversation for a long time because businesses always need a reinforcement and i think it's something that can be intimidating so our goal is to really help simplify that so i'm going to pass it around the room to see if anyone wants to add anything uh, to michelle's exceptional presentation and then if not you know we're going to get out of here guys what, what, what are you guys saying <laughs> michael andrea
3: This is a great presentation yes michelle great great presentation and just echoing what you said, Tamara, that, you know, when you're working with that with an agency, this is where we come in to help you with this identifying, you know, the stages, the personas, what content, you know, is relative to that stage in the sales funnel, what call to actions are relative. And then we also have a plan of how we're going to measure the performance and optimize on a continuous basis. Because I think that's also an expectation that you build a sales funnel or you have somebody develop a sales funnel for you and it's just supposed to work out the box right so it's that constant iterative process so great presentation i'm glad we had this discussion this morning
2: absolutely i love i love the the presentation i love and my favorite point is the sales continuum because at the end of the day, that is what you're working towards you're working towards that sustainable um money in the bank coming in you know you want them to buy you want them to tell others so that they buy and then you want they themselves to buy again
0: that's sustainable revenue coming in. So that's the favorite point for me. Yeah. Hashtag CFO approved. <laughs> we Definitely. love when it's CFO approved though. We love that. You get buy-in from the CFO and you know things are good. So CFOs, this is for you too, okay? This is how you make sure that your team's getting buy-in from you. Let's go, let's go. All right, guys. So... We got to do this before we head out of here. So it's important that you take the quiz. Understand the impact of your online presence. Where are you right now? Could you be doing better? Is it helping you to achieve your business goals? Do you have a sales funnel that works for you? Take this quiz and it'll tell you if it works for you or not. It's really, really simple. It'll give you all the answers and give you a little bit of a blueprint as to how you move forward. So take the quiz. Uh, a, you know, Put your phone... Uh, take a picture of the QR code, hit the link. Uh, we will also make sure to drop a link on YouTube and on LinkedIn for this so that you can absolutely take the quiz. Uh, so take the quiz, take the quiz. I think it's going to be really helpful for you and give you a lot of perspective as to where your business is in achieving business goals. Next thing is to definitely connect with us, right? We are here to share this information with small and medium businesses because uh, these are the things they should be thinking about as they look to work with agencies, as they work, look to work with um, marketing experts, digital marketers marketing experts, they want, you want to ask these questions, you want to be thinking about these things, you want to understand the things you want to know, you want to understand how to effectively really translate your business to digital and make sure that you're achieving your business goals. So connect with us, share with your other, you know, business owners always hang out with other business owners, share this information with them, follow us on YouTube at your business in digital, follow us on LinkedIn at your business in digital, we're on Spotify, uh, we're on Apple, we're on Amazon, <laughs> Do you see me, I'm like, we're on Google, wherever. Everywhere <laughs> We're everywhere that we're supposed to be. So definitely, definitely check us out. Uh, this was a great conversation. We actually have a guest coming to the stage um, next week. Not next week, on Wednesday. What am I saying? On Wednesday, not next week. I'm getting ahead of myself. So um, Amy is going to be with us and it's going to be an awesome conversation all about her pulling together her uh, lead nurturing, sales funnel, all the things. Um, so we love when we have a small business coming to talk about that um, and how it works for her right? So super excited about that conversation on Wednesday. So thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. This was awesome, guys. Have an amazing, amazing Monday. And we will see you guys on Wednesday. Take it easy. Have a great one. Take care. Bye.